Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Wow, gearheads, what an incredible race we just watched. The Formula One Azerbaijan Grand Prix, and it was an incredible finish to this race. Jonathan Green, what do you think, buddy? A Baku blinder. <laughs> it was incredible. This is John Massengale. We're sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, and we also have former F1 the team manager from the Haas F1 team, Dave O'Neill, with us, and we also have Bob Varsha. Well, gentlemen, Bob, I'll start with you. Uh, what did you think? Incredible, right? <laughs> Yeah, in so many ways. Um, you know, remember what I said before we went off air, before the race started, of the 12 podium positions coming into this race in Baku, five of them came from drivers fifth or lower on the grid. But look what happens today. I mean, yeah, you could say that Lewis Hamilton's problems and Max Verstappen's problems and all those sorts of things were, uh, were, were one-offs. But this is Baku. This is what happens on a track like this. And, uh, well, you couldn't be happier for Perez, for Vettel, and for Gasly to be on that podium. Well, we are so excited to talk about this race, but we have a very special guest holding, and we're going to go straight to him because there's been some really interesting discussions this week in Formula yeah, it's One. It's not just on-track stuff. That's right. It's not just on-track. But So we want to welcome to the show the chairman and CEO of Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein. Bobby, welcome to Speed City. Good morning. Thanks. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I know you're just fresh off an incredible weekend with NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas. So congratulations on that first off. Thanks, John. And yeah, very, it was good. Yeah, the crowds were incredible. It was uh, it was really fun to be out there and see and see team. those crowds. Well, it was it was great. It, it rained a lot. And what was really great was to see the parking lots did not empty at all yeah. during the race True. and everybody stuck around. Yeah. The, nobody left. You're absolutely right. And Bobby, when I was standing there, I was standing in the pits looking left and right. It looked like a formula one race. The, you know, the turn one grandstands were full. The main grandstands were full. The hill leading up to turn one was full. It was really pretty electric feeling out there. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was great to see people back. I know, uh, Austin is starting to embrace the racing events. You know, it took, it's not a, in the history of the city, uh, formula one's been kind of the dominant 
dominant player and it was also new to everyone. And so I think we saw a lot more more local fans starting to come out and, and enjoy the enjoy the, the fun of the track. Bobby, we got to ask you, uh, we woke up Friday morning to a bit of a surprise, and I'm sure it was for you too, that we were hearing from Baku that we were going to have a doubleheader at Austin um, at the Circuit of the Americas. Um, <laughs> can you verify or give us any, uh, I don't know, any, any inkling of what that might look like, given that Singapore has now been cancelled? Well, I woke up to a lot of, a lot of text messages and calls <laughs> about that too. <laughs> uh, so... You know, Jonathan, I think the word possibility was what was usually part of those sentences was it's possible we might see a doubleheader in Austin. And, and and I think that's the key word. It's the conversations haven't even begun. So it, other than a question at one point, which was if COVID forces some cancellations, would the circuit be available? And we said, we said, sure, we can look at it. And that's really been it at this point. I'm sure we'll talk more about it this week or in the coming weeks if it becomes something that, that they want to do. But I think it's far premature to to start booking the hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And it's also hard to follow a typical, uh, what will be a two-year celebration, Billy Joel, everything else, um, you know, uh, the week after or the week before. I, so I don't know how that would look, but it's great to hear that, that you're open to the possibility. Yeah, sure. I think everybody who had a permanent circuit last year got asked that question at some point, or I know they did. And, uh, it's, it's typical this year. Also, if you've got a permanent, permanent track, you've got some flexibility and you want to do all you can to help the sport and you want to help them get the number of races they need to complete, uh, both the FIA requirements, but also their, their TV contracts. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to fulfill in trying to put on an F1 season and, and the logistics are very hard. And so anytime you can make your track available and be part of a, a two race week. It's it's certainly something to consider. Yeah, I think. Bobby, I, well, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Well, uh, my question is, knowing a little bit about all that goes into putting on the race that you have on the schedule with all the volunteers and the concessions and all the things that go into putting on a, a Formula One Grand Prix, are you saying it's possible that that kind of effort could be? extended to put on another race or would you need to go toward the nascar model where you basically rent the racetrack to the sanctioning body and let them handle all those details well bob it's early to, to try and figure that out except to say we wouldn't want to do anything that compromises the incredible event that the united states grand prix is and right. the, the planning for which starts you know way more than a year in advance so i think if we did have another another weekend i don't see it being quite the same uh, sort of show and, and have the same schedule. And I don't know about support races. I mean, it's really early to, to talk about that, but, but certainly uh-huh. it's tough. I can't see it being the U S grand prix type event. Mm. Well, Bob, there's been discussions about the possibility of Indy uh, hosting the same race as well. Uh, I, I have no idea about, you know, what their logistics and all that would be. But, um, but you know, now that we've got Miami, I mean, having having the excitement of Miami and Coda and Indy and all that, but, uh, I mean, I, I have no idea if that if that is a, a good thing or a bad thing for you. What do you think about that? Well, I think, I think it'd be fine. Uh, I know the teams have expressed concern about Indianapolis being hard to do in October. Their first frost mm. 
I think is on average October 10th or 11th. We could probably Google that. Uh, it's very, but I, I think that's one of the concerns that, that they'd have about going to India in October. But, you know, I think Miami is going to be super complimentary to what we're doing. Uh, and I think Indianapolis could be the same. It just has to find the right spot on the calendar. So I, I know that's, that's one of the factors that has to be weighed. And then when you try and do back-to-back-to-back weeks, as we know, the strain on the teams and, and the employees that move around with this, it's, a, it's asking a lot. And I think we have Mexico right after us. Yeah, and, and thinking about October, uh, it's such a wonderful time in Austin. And, of course, I'm sure that uh, one of the first things that popped in everybody's head is that We've got the vaccination rolled out so well here that that is no longer... Including at Coda. Yeah, including the vaccinations you did out there. <laughs> but but the fact that we've already got 60-something percent, and by that in October, we could be 70, 80 percent vaccinated, so that becomes a zero issue. I'm sure that's been a big part of the discussion, too. Well, I hope the rest of the world makes the same progress that we've made, and we saw how fast we went from just between February and March, I'm sorry, February and May, I think that things can get better really fast when the vaccines start to roll out. And I think the U.S. being almost back to normal in terms of crowds uh, or the ability to host events is is a, a good thing. And I think hopefully that continues elsewhere. Bobby, just to clarify for our national audience, uh, because uh, we've had you on locally and we see we saw you at NASCAR. But, um, you know, there was always this rumor of, oh, you know, Miami and Indy and other events. You know, the, the purpose of Liberty going down this road is to increase the popularity of Formula One in uh, in America. So this can only complement what you are doing at the Circuit of the Americas. Is that how you see this? Absolutely. The more the more races we have in our time zone, and the opportunity for F1 fans in the U.S. I mean, we're up this morning early to watch a race, but but it is it is easier to follow when it's the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> and the more the more times we the more races we get on, and what I'll call prime time sports afternoons, uh, the better it is for all of us. Yeah. What did you think of the race, Bobby, in in Baku? Well, we're excited that uh, first I, I'm I'm happy for Sebastian because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's fun to to see him, and I think uh, for us from marketing and popularity standpoint to have Perez to see Sergio up there, that's a great thing. And uh, as you said, we're happy for Gasly, but uh, I felt it's just going to do us. It's going to do a lot of good for uh, the excitement and for people following it. And, and yeah, the mechanical and tire issues that happened are an absolute shame. You hate to see races determined like that. I think it's one of the things people like about things like Coda, uh, where the really the on-track racing hopefully determines uh, the outcome of the race. You have the opportunity for so many opportunities for passing. But a race in Baku like that, is is part of what makes F1 special, seeing the races through the city streets and historic areas like that with that backdrop. So uh, I think I think it was a great event. I think it was a great day. Bobby, while we've got you, shameless plug, tickets are on sale for the U.S. Grand Prix. Am I right? <laughs> they are, but they're they're most. We're, we're trying to put more on sales. Ticket sales were great, sold out, and uh, wow. And it's one of the things you know that makes us excited for Miami. I think they'll be. They're going to sell out also, and, and the U.S. is going to keep growing. Uh, the sports popularity is going to keep growing in the U.S. 
Bobby, we had the the mayor of Miami Gardens on uh, in the pre-show, and uh, if you don't mind, I'll send him your number. He has lots of questions <laughs> <Yeah>. about about <laughs> how to get it. Well, to... we've invited him over for the Grand Prix, <laughs> yeah, so, and, and with the right. with the with the you know precursor of barbecue, so he's coming. Yeah, I watched part of that. I watched part of that, <laughs> or maybe a teaser for it. Yeah. Uh, well, Bobby Epstein, uh, thank you so much for coming on. And we are very excited about this rumor. So let's uh, let's see how it plays out. And, and we'll stay in touch with you. And hopefully this will come true because it would be a dream for us. <laughs> yeah, we'll know a lot more in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks a lot, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, that uh, is such a fantastic thought. I'm glad he's open to it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I assumed he would be open to it, but it sure was nice to hear him say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, hey, look, we got Dave O'Neill on the line, and uh, who better to ask about what just happened in Baku? (laughs) Please explain what happened in the last hour. (laughs) Yeah. Dave, what the heck did we just see with this crazy tire situation? There was even the commentators on television were even talking about backing up and giving the win to Max Verstappen. That blew me away. I didn't know what they were talking about. But what do you think, Dave? Well, it was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, that's why you keep tuning in, you know, just hoping you're (laughs) going to see a race like that. It's it's great. It kind of, um, it didn't do too much to the the championship. Um, But what it did is um, it brought, I guess, Sergio back into the mix um, and um, a couple of the others. So, um, for me, it was a it was a great race, um, and I don't see any harm in having those, you know, three or four times a year. I think they're fantastic. You know what, Dave? You say that what keeps us tuning in, but we've been on a roll here. I think we have to go all the way back to what uh, Paul Ricard, but way back because it's we've been on such a roll with great racing this year and the end of last year. So I mean, Formula One, that, that discussion about boring racing that has been. That is long gone now for a good while. I mean, don't you guys think that this the racing has just been incredible? Oh, absolutely. And uh, to answer your question about the announcers being confused, I think the scenario that David Croft and uh, and um, and Paul DeResta were talking about on the air deals with a race that is definitely going to restart. I don't think it's a scenario for end of race where you go back to the last complete lap to establish the order of finish. It establishes your order of the restart. Um, and since Max Verstappen was unavailable, uh, then Sergio Perez led away and, and off we all went. So I think that was the thing there. I, I also noted a statistical nuance during the race is that Lance Stroll's left rear tire gave out on virtually the same lap as Max Verstappen's left rear gave out. The each tire was... Uh, within one lap of one lap, 30 yeah. laps old when it um, when it failed. So uh, I'd say Pirelli has a lot of work to do because Paul Ricard, where we're going, is also a high-speed racetrack, and they're going to want to uh, answer some questions about those tires. Yeah, well, there's lots to discuss here. We need, let's go ahead and get the break in real quick, and when we come back, we'll continue to break down the Formula 1 Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Listen to Speed City back after these messages. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the drip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi guys, this is Pierre Gasly and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, gentlemen, there's so much to talk about, but I think we've got to discuss what happened with Hamilton on the restart, the brakes, because... I was speculating. I saw the brakes steaming, and obviously he, you know, locked it up, and and everybody blew past him, and he ended up finishing last. But Bob and Jonathan, both of you guys had Jonathan. You heard some team radio that I missed about what Hamilton said. Well, he got on the radio right. I mean, literally as the podium was starting to start, and there was a little radio message that said, "Hey guys, um, um, did I did I mess the magic up?" And, and what we think that was referring to. Um, was the brake bias, which is pushing the brake bias to the front to heat the front uh, tires up, um, you know, and using the brakes to to help get temperature into those tires. But his engineer came back and said, "Don't sweat it, Lewis. Um, we it may have just uh, it may have been on the upshift that you 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 not you not you not the button or you you clicked it back so huh. that it, so that basically the the car was wrongly biased as he went into that corner." Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's you know, that's not confirmed. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's play it. I thought it was a failure until we saw from behind, we saw that Hamilton went straight on at the corner and then turned and got right back on the track. So he had brakes, which I thought was his original problem. Well, we've got that. We got that radio transmission. Producer says, let's hear that. Did I have magic on? Uh, Yeah, but yeah, just knock that on. I could have sworn I turned it off. Uh, Yeah, you did, Uh, but knocked it on uh, with the upshift. Ah, and what he means by the magic is to to to, to use that um, you know to use that bias. That's what we're presuming. But he says he you knocked it accidentally uh, in the upshift. So that is as far as we can glean. Uh, Lewis admitting or uh, trying to understand what happened and what went well, wrong. Well, let's ask Dave O'Neill because who better to at least to ask this yes. discussion? I mean, I mean, Dave, look, we've all. Been there. I've, I've been there on a streetcar in a Corvette when the boiled the brake fluid and hit the pedal and nothing happens is what it looked like to me. But it's obviously a lot more complicated. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this again, it's it's a difficult one. We can just surmise, but the the obvious thing would be um, we saw the smoke coming out of the um, out of the brakes as Lewis um, got to his grid position. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first things I'd point is. Um, is that the um, they've boiled the fluid, or he's boiled the fluid? So, i.e., the brakes have got really hot, um, really hot, and then the fluid the fluid boiled, and then and when that happens in that situation, you need to pump the pedal at least twice to to get the um, to get the pedal back. So maybe maybe that was what happened. The other thing is with the magic button. Um, again, don't quite know the the ins and outs of it, but. Um, obviously, the bias on the brakes is really, really important when you're regenerating the energy from the, the back of the car. So um, he could have been trying to warm the rear tyres up by putting the brake balance to the rear as well, because all four wheels were smoking. So um, if he put, if he had all the brakes at the rear, it would affect the braking at the front going into the first corner. I don't know what they're doing; probably 120 off the start, something like that. Um, so there's probably another another reason for it. So one of those two reasons I would have th- thought attributed to um, that. I shouldn't think he made a mistake. It's highly unlikely from Lewis. Mm. Well, look, we have to talk about the, the the way this race finished. Obviously, with Sergio Perez winning, that's incredible. Sebastian Vettel coming in second, that's incredible. And Gasly on the podium. I mean, this is just uh, blow the back of your head off fun, ex- exciting <laughs> with, with, with the way this finished, guys. I mean, uh, I mean, like Bobby said, what about how the Mexican Grand Prix now and the excitement yeah, yeah. at Austin? Good point. I suppose that sold a few tickets, do you? Yeah, exactly. No uh, and driver of the day, of course, was a landslide with Sebastian Vettel. That's, I mean, we've been talking about Vettel getting better. And, and Bob, you've been, you know, spot on on this all season about about him having to have the car the right way, maybe he has now got that car figured out is what it looks like to me. Well, whatever it's been, it's been dramatic because his first three races, he finished right around 15th place. And then in Monaco, he jumps to fifth and now a podium in second. So, uh, yeah, obviously good things are happening for that team as opposed to, say, Ferrari, where, you know, Leclerc and Sainz in particular had days that I'm sure they'd rather forget. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we've said before, I mean, some teams go away with uh, positives to think about. Other teams go away thinking, you know, what on earth just happened? <laughs> yeah. So let's just run down the uh, order real quick. Perez, Vettel, Gasly, Leclerc, Norris, Alonso in sixth, y- Yuki Sonoda, 
Carlos Sainz, Daniel Ricciardo, Kimi Raikkonen in 10th in the points. Giovinazzi, Botas, Schumacher, Mazepin, Hamilton, Latifi, and then Russell, Verstappen, Stroll, and Ocon did not finish. So, look, you got um, you got Kimi Raikkonen in the points. That's a good one. Yuki Tsunoda in the first seven. time this year. Yeah. Yeah, first time this year. Uh, but let's talk about the points. The championship now. I mean, before the restart, we thought it was a disaster. We thought it was going to be a 28-point Point swing, swing to, Verstappen, yeah. to, to Hamilton. Sorry, to Hamilton. From Verstappen. And now I, we got to look at the points. But uh, and, and, of course, now that Red Bull, fin, Red Perez finished, they hold on to the championship lead, the uh, Constructors' Championship. Yeah. So Drivers' Championship is, you know, you still obviously you're still going to have with Max in the lead. So this is really has tons of uh, impact to the championship. Isn't yeah, it I Hass's had to do the math in my head. What's that, Dave? I was going to say, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably Hass's best finish of the season. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, there was a, a real battle. Mazepin took Schumacher on the last lap, uh, and then Schumacher drag-raced him down to the finish uh, on the back straight, on the, on the front straight to the line. Oh, that's going to cause controversy, because if it was just a drag race, then and they must have given Schumacher a better car. <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead. Start that argument. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The guy funding the team's son is in the car that lost. <laughs> You're going straight to hell from my phone. Uh, call Oh, that's right. We do have a caller on the line. Uh let's see. We do we still have Mike? Yeah, well Mike. Hey Mike, welcome to Speed City. Hey, how are you guys this morning? Uh doing good. What'd you think of that race? Well, I have to admit that I overslept, and when I turned it on, it was just getting to the first tire failure. Well, you so missed nothing. From that point, <laughs> I did I did miss the start one. But uh, the question I want to say is, is again, you know, I have already spoke to this as far as the championship. Uh, it was probably, what, the best and worst things that could happen to Max in the same race? Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then uh, – it really got exciting, I thought, after uh, the restart. Just that, what, two-lap shootout, not to take someone else's language. But uh, does Formula One need to relook at how they race? Do they need to stop the races a couple of times through and start again? Hey, you know what? Florida I know that. Hey, this ain't NASCAR. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> but you know what? Everybody says it's, you know, it's crazy. But look, in the last year, Nothing is off the table, right? Yeah, true. I mean, I even heard somebody that I was, I think it was Mark Priestley's YouTube show. They were talking about, does F1 want to consider an oval because of all the, the, uh, the discussions? I know everybody's shaking their head, but look, nothing's off the table at this point. And Mike, why not at least have the discussion? And yeah, maybe it's not as simple as what you just said, but let's, let's not throw anything Cats out. Cats and dogs but- living together? Well, Mike, thanks for calling, buddy. We are running short on time. We're going to let you go. We appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you listening. And uh, so, gentlemen, we—I mean, this has 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 restored my faith in Formula One in the last year or so. The the racing has been fantastic. This is carrying on the 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 racing that we've seen. The championship has turned upside down again. Again, exactly, Jonathan. You know, what are you looking for from this point forward? I'm looking for a continuation of this. Um, I think we've got a real battle on our hand. I think finally Mercedes are on the back foot. Look at uh, Bodas's performance. Forget what Hamilton, Hamilton for a second. Uh, Alvatoria there. Ferrari are there. Red Bull are very much there. Um, 
you know, Perez is going to have his tail high. With so much going on this year, this is the year we wanted. Yeah, and you know what? Talking about Perez, and I'll go to you, Bob, real quick. But Perez, this was the, the what we're looking for all season. Or Red Bull was having them up there together. Together, yeah, yeah. Well, Bob, what yeah. about you? Well, that, time and again, and, and Perez is not the only one who said this, but you hear new drivers to to several teams saying, you know, this is not the car I'm used to. I'm I'm having to try to understand it. And those that's the exact word that Perez used this week. He said, I'm. I'm beginning to understand the car, and he obviously proved it, uh, both in Monaco, but particularly here in Baku. What happens going forward? There is so much that's still undecided. We don't know which races are actually going to happen because of the pandemic. Will they get to 23? Maybe it'll be fewer. Um, Mm -hmm. And where will those races take place? I mean, there is so much that is not known going forward. This This is going to be quite a season. You're listening to Speed City. We're live from Austin, Texas, and we'll be back after a quick break. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We have lots to talk about, uh, and we, uh, we're also going to have a guest on the show uh, here in just a few minutes, a young driver, David Malukas. Uh, he's running in the uh, racing in the uh, Road to Indy and the Indy Lights platform. 
and uh, leading the championship right now. Kicking some ass. Three wins. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, three wins. So we will have him on the show here shortly. But there's so much to talk about. I mean, one thing I, I definitely want to get in before we, uh, before we miss an opportunity is to talk about the Monaco Grand Prix numbers in Formula One on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, it was 934,000 viewers. Now, you know, if you don't follow the numbers, that's big for Formula One. I mean, that's approaching what you see in some of the NASCAR and IndyCar races, and that's the fourth largest cable audience ever in Formula One. Yeah, that is really, really good for Formula One. And I do believe Liberty's hope to grow the sport here in the States is now taking hold. And I think with Miami, um, you know, we heard from Bobby open to, you know, a rumor goes around back and what's the first Grand Prix they talk about? It, it's Austin. And I think that was kind of willful thinking probably by the journalists. But at the same time, uh, there's also, you know, like Bobby says, it, 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 yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, if you can if you can help Formula One out in a bind and you have a permanent circuit and you're free that weekend, come on, let's do it. Yeah, and everybody thinking about the number of people that are watching the Netflix. There's, there's just so yeah. many good things that are happening. And you know, Bob, you've said it before. You've said that you've seen the excitement for races in the United States. You know, to gain this momentum. But does this feel like something that's beyond what you've seen in the past? Um, I don't know if it's beyond. It's always kind of an open-ended question. I know that the whole Formula One world wants to race more in America. You know, it's just the manufacturers for commercial reasons. Uh, you know, the drivers love it here. The teams love to come here. Um, yeah, I think uh, another race in the United States, certainly in this pandemic year, uh, would be a welcome treat. I just, you know, having having spoken with Bobby Epstein and thinking about what it takes to put mm-hmm. on a race of the quality that you want to have at a place like Circuit of the Americas, is such a task. Uh, the one question I wish I had asked Bobby, and I always have a million questions I wish I'd asked, but <laughs> mine is, what's your drop deadline? When do you need to know yeah. something ah, in order yeah. to pull something together? So, you know, I, I, I think it would be great, and I think it would be a really good measure, more than those 934,000 viewers you were talking about, a great measure of the enthusiasm for Formula One in the United States, if you just threw it out there and say, okay, we got 100,000 seats for a date that was never on the schedule, what do you think? Mm. And see how fast they disappear. Yeah, my I, when John told me about it, because he called me up all gleefully uh, saying, hey, back to back. And I was like, but how can you pull off a Billy Joel and 250,000 people, and uh, what was that? I can't forget the other band, but, the, you know, it, it, it is cooked into being a big, grand reopening for Formula yeah. One in America, and to do one either the week before or the week after can only be not a damp squib, but it, it has to be different. Uh, could you run the track the other way? I don't know, but yeah. you know, it, it would have to be. I mean, th- that said, Austria pulled it off, and it was engaging and interesting, and it worked, and so did Silverstone. Yeah, and so did Bahrain. You know, because yeah. they ran the different circuit, and somebody said to me, yeah. "Could could Coda run the circuit?" The, the cutoff, what is it, at turn seven? It would be, I said no, because that would be a 30-second well, lap or could, whatever. We could run up to uh, I-130, up to, George, yeah. up to Georgetown and back. Yeah, I-130. You is- know what, uh, Jonathan, if you're worried about the music act, I think if you put it out there in the music community, yeah. that you're going to have 200,000 people at Circuit of the Americas and you need an entertainment act. <laughs> See what you get. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely lighter. right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think you. I think you get plenty of takers on that. Yeah, like the fifty bands that missed ACL this year. <laughs> hey, speaking of big numbers. Well, oh, he's on. Hey, but, yeah. 
Uh, sorry, no, Dave. Just, I, I, I didn't realize say, you were there, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Um, I was just going to say, you know, the um, with, with the circuits that are, you know, like Circuit of the Americas and Silverstone in Austria, um, a little bit easier. And I think one of the reasons why Singapore was pulled off was when I was there, um, you know, did, did the races there, the amount of time it takes to put the infrastructure in, they normally start in April. So it's typically... Four, uh, five to six months to get ready for a Grand Prix. And, um, you know, once you pass that deadline or threshold, um, it's physically impossible. All the all the concrete blocks and um, wiring and lights and all that sort of stuff are stored in Malaysia, I believe. So mm. you have to move all of that equipment in. You have to shut the city down and get all the permits. So um, I think, you know, seeing double headers in, in purpose-built circuits... Um, certainly a little bit easier, um, and and probably the, the the thing we're going to see in the future is probably a bit more of that. Yeah, well, Dave, uh, let's think about the the logistics of the way this calendar is laid out. Because right now you've got Singapore and then Japan, then the week off, and then Coda. Uh, I mean, is the natural to just slot it into that week before? Because you've got Mexico, uh, isn't it the week after? Or is there, is, no, this it's the week after, right? And so could you just, I mean, could you slot it in? Is that even logistically possible? I think it is, yeah. the um, From memory of the, one of the hardest ones to do was normally Abu Dhabi from the Americas. Um Type thing, and as long as you you get in, um, you get in and landed all the freight by uh, Monday night or Tuesday morning, it's it's possible to put everything up and and get going again. What a lot of the teams, or most of the teams, all the teams have is um, six, seven sets of sea freight equipment, and so does F1 as well for all the, the camera equipment and cabling. But the logistical issue is where those boats or containers are on the ocean at any one time. So it's not just, you know, ring up Billy Joel and tell him to come a day later or a week later. You're talking four or five weeks of, of float time in some cases for a lot of Ooh, the yeah. equipment that's on the ocean. Um, so the, the implications are, yes, it's like, you know, ring up Bobby and say, okay, we're going to go for a double header. It's probably going to be reasonably easy for him to make that happen. Um, but the equipment that's on the ocean or on the road or hasn't floated from one country to the other yet is the biggest problem for the for the teams. Yeah, and I think in the same vein, there is now talk of potentially Japan and Brazil because of COVID also following in suit with Singapore because of the mm -hmm. what they're dealing with. We'll find out with uh, Japan with the Olympics, obviously, and uh, you've all been aware of, you know, the, the what they've been saying, that the Japan want it, uh, but is it possible? Uh, and if it doesn't happen in the Olympics, that is this summer, um, then you've got to think that Formula One would soon follow. Mm. Yeah, I, I, with due respect to everything Dave said about the, the logistics of the thing, I'm just looking at the calendar if Japan were not to happen on October 10th, which is two weeks after Sochi in Russia, um, you know, that make, creates a one, two, three, four-week gap between races. So instead of, you know, following, you know, Mexico is the following week, you could put two races at a place like Coda, if the equipment is there, two weeks apart and give everybody 
Good point. You know, the time to uh, mm-hmm. to take a deep breath and have and some bottom. Uh, the possibilities are a lot of fun to think about. They may be impossible to overcome, but you know, it's an interesting idea. I think. Yeah, and and there is a precedent. I mean, we ran the World Endurance Championship here in February when Brazil was cancelled uh, in 2020, just before the pandemic struck. Yeah, and but it would have to be a permanent circuit like Coda. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't cobble together a temporary circuit somewhere, as for all the reasons Dave pointed out. It's just impossible. And by the way, from what I've read about Indianapolis, I believe the quote I read was that. Penske, Roger Penske, is in talks with Formula One, but about 2022, not 2021. Yeah. Or even beyond, yeah. Well, Indy's a great example of a place that can turn that road course into an oval track in the course of like 48 to 72 hours. Sure. Yeah. But as Bobby mentioned, frost comes in in October. You couldn't, you know, you got to yeah. be careful. Yeah. 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 Cool mother what, one week, I mean, October 17th, that week before, that's a fantastic time in Austin, like I was saying, but... Um, and you remember when Roger Pinsky purchased Indianapolis, it was one of the, in that press conference, he said, oh, yeah. we want to look at other things like Formula One was his first example. So I think what the captain wants, the captain gets. Absolutely. Whatever that ship <laughs> sails, he's on it. <laughs> he does things properly. So he's, he's not yeah. going to jump into something to, um, just right. to get someone else out of a, a bind, you know, he's, uh, it's going to be well planned and. He's going to execute it properly. Hey, Dave, speaking of, of what you just said, I mean, do you think that that he has the respect uh, across the world like he does here in the United States, you know, in Formula One and all the others? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know, his, uh, his uh, attention to detail is well well in and with the lines of, you know, Ron Dennis and yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows he knows how to do it, and he's got the backing, and he can just do it. So and, and it, just, it will be really nice to see. And to get political, he's also still on the board of Philip Morris. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we have young driver David Malukas coming on the show. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after this message. the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward medela is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter medela is your reward medela the mark of a fighter drink responsibly beer imported by crown import chicago illinois As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
all with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. I think the adrenaline is finally getting out of my system after the Formula One Azerbaijan Grand Prix. What a fantastic finish to that. But we are going to talk American racing now because we have a young driver on the phone joining us via Zoom to talk about his career, David Malukas. David, welcome to Speed City. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Well, congratulations on a fantastic season so far in Indy Lights, leading the championship, what, in won three races? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been intense. I mean, it's still really, really close. Uh, everything's kind of still, uh, you know, he say, she say. But I mean, it's been really spot on so far. Well, just to give you an update, he's got three wins. He's leading by 151 points over uh, Linus Lundqvist, another friend of the show uh, and his teammate. Uh, but he beat my Englishman, Toby Sowery, by 0. 0.0283. I saw the picture of it. I mean, it, you were literally crossing crossing the line together um, in your last race. So you're all about uh, close finishes. But um, great start to the year for you. Yeah, I mean, um, that indie race was uh, the most stressful. Um, I mean, so far, everyone's kind of been stressful. I mean, St. Pete, you look at Kyle Kirkwood, he was coming in on me going into race two. And I was like, that can't get any more stressful than that. And then we we go into Indy and it was even more intense. But I'm just saying on my side, I did that on purpose. You know, we didn't get the the, the, uh, well, the Freedom 100 this year. So I, I wanted to give a Freedom 100 finish for you guys. There you go. David, you, uh, you are now in, you know, what, wikipedia says is your sixth year of racing and you're only 19 years of age your family hails from lithuania which makes you a first generation american my question is how did you get involved in racing is this a family <laughs> effort or is this just you 
So uh, my my dad, he uh, he used to race in, in a Corvette in a 2005, and uh, I, I used to always go with him in Road America. It, it, I kind of call it as my home track just because you know, ever since I was like five years old, I used to watch him. And when I was seven years old, I was kind of a, a bit of an introvert. I never really wanted to go out much. I was kind of more inside and just playing with Hot Wheels. <laughs> but we ended up uh, seeing a, an advert for like a go-kart track in South Bend, Indiana. So we went with a couple of friends. We had a really good time. I mean, I just kept going, you know, once, twice, three times. And after, you know, it was probably a couple of months, somebody's like, hey, do you want to, you know, kind of take this to, to the next step? We could do some championships here or there and I can coach your son. And so it kind of just kicked off from there. Uh, we never really realized until we were, it didn't hit me, you know, I was in Le Mans, France, all of a sudden racing, you know, the world championships in, in X30 world finals. And I was like, uh, okay, so this is kind of pretty serious now. It's not more for like any, like for fun anymore. I mean, it still is, but yeah, it kind of just came out of nowhere. We weren't really expecting it, but. Well, David, we have another Dave on the lines. We have Dave O'Neill, who's, uh, who's heavily involved in racing still and was the team manager for the Haas F1 team. And uh, I, I, are your aspirations to uh, to work in Formula, I mean, to race in Formula One or an IndyCar? I mean, obviously you're on the Indy Lights uh, uh, road right now. But I mean, what have your aspirations been all this time? Well, it's, you know, it kind of switched, um, you know, because when I was in my my first years, I started off in the F4 series in Germany and Dubai and Abu Dhabi. So when I was during that period, it was kind of more, you know, going towards Formula One. But um, kind of being over there, you <laughs> kind of realize being in Formula One is is very, very tough. I mean, of course, it's every single driver's dream, but everything needs to go perfect. Uh, you need the money. Everything needs to be straight in line. And, you know, for me coming from the U.S., it was it was very, very hard uh, to kind of keep flying back and forth, back and forth. And so I had to make a decision to either set base, you know, in, in, in somewhere in Europe or, you know, come back to the U.S. And, and I wanted to come back to the U.S. You know, it was kind of home to me. And I thought the road industries would, would suit me much better. And I think so far it has. So for now, my main goal is IndyCar, which I am through the roof if, if I do end up going there, which so far it seems like it's, it's pretty good. Have you heard from any teams yet? I mean, here you are leading the championship with three victories already. Has anybody slipped you a business card or anything <laughs> like that? I have uh, gotten a few requests and uh, little talks here and there. Um, I, I mean, I got an invitation to Ray Hall's team, um, also from, from Carlin as well. So, yeah, there's little talks here and there. I, I don't want to say much because I don't know how much is supposed to be under the books. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> as soon as I got the word from it, I was like, oh, man, this is kind of kind of turning serious now i immediately just went home and straight to the gym <laughs> <laughs> hey but you know what david you uh, sorry you want to follow up bob no that's okay thanks go ahead jonathan yeah just uh one thing i would mention we've had lots of young americans on the show and we often talk about that 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 transition transition to europe uh simply because you want to test yourself against the best what i do notice uh in indie lights this year and maybe it's, you know, partly because of the pandemic. But there are five Americans, but you've got Canadians, Devlin Francesco, you've got Singapore, England, Russia, Denmark. And, and you've got Linus Lundqvist, who, who you know very well, obviously, as a teammate and from last year. But you really are now being tested against the very best in the world. So in a weird way, you don't have to go to Europe to prove yourself because I think um, you're racing against, and Kyle Kirkwood, without a doubt, uh, one of our great talents. So um, the fact that you're on top of that group um, shows those teams, whether they be... Uh, Trevor Carlin or whether they be, you know, Roger Penske, that you have what it takes uh, to beat the best. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it all stands by the, the Road to Indy series. A lot of drivers from Europe and all over the world come to do this series mainly because of, I mean, the championship earnings. I mean, if you win the championship, like, I mean, for Indy, Indy Lights, I think it's 1.4 million, you know, going into IndyCar. So, I mean, I think the series kind of just speaks for itself. And mm. then that's what invites all these great drivers. But I think for, for us to be doing so well along these big names, you know, Toby Sowery, I kind of call him my, my brother from another team is kind of the saying <laughs> I'm going as for now. Um, I, I mean, I know he's, he's in, in, amazing. So I think in these years, you know, me being 19, I think every year I, I mature quite a bit in, in my driving. Hey, so Dave O'Neill, what a piece of advice would you have for David at this point in his career? Well, I think, you know, your, your attitude is um, is perfect. You know, you just got to make sure you make as many friends as you can in the pit lane. Um, and also the, the biggest thing is, you know, putting yourself in the right position at the right time. Um, you you forever hear people that are quick that don't make it. Um, you know, I never got a clear lap type thing. And, um, the only person who can put you there is yourself. So um, my advice to you would be carrying on, you know, as you're, as you're going, keep the, keep the good attitude up and um, keep off the phone and go and knock on more doors while you're, um, while you're in the paddock telling people what you can do for them. Good advice. No charge, yeah, David. Topic, no, no charge for that because that's a, <laughs> that's a man you want to <laughs> listen to. <laughs> yeah, I was about to yeah. say, I'm like, okay, do, PayPal number. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's taking notes. I can see you, Mr. O'Neill. He's taking notes. Well, I, I can back up what Dave just said because I've, I've been in meetings yeah. on another subject where I have heard officials from various teams saying, well, you know, let's look at this guy because he's persistent. Mm. He keeps putting himself in front of us. He says, you know, he wants to drive for us. So, you know, that's the guy they're going to turn to first. And and the other piece of advice someone once gave me when my son was racing was pick the, you know, the, the hairiest series that you think you can win races in mm -hmm. because the important thing is to win races and put up that lap time. And not break the race car, <laughs> and not be a jerk, and all those other things. <laughs> yeah, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what are your hopes? I mean, obviously, you're going for the championship. Um, but what kind of what is your three year plan, David? I don't, it kind of keeps changing every single race. I mean, I mean, going in, it's you know second year for for Indy Lights for me. I mean, our, our whole plan was, you know, to do really, really well. I mean, I was definitely expecting to win, you know, a few races here and there with the, with the team I'm in. But I, to be honest, we kind of been outperforming the, the certain goals that I already had set, which, uh, I mean, is, is always a really good thing. Uh, I mean, it depends on how this series goes. If we end up winning the championship, I mean, it's going to be, uh, I, I don't know, man. The, every single day, I mean, I'm talking with it. You know, team managers, everything, it, it kind of keeps changing. But I think more towards the end of the season, we'll kind of figure out what, what our plan is. Do you have a manager of your own, David? Yes, I do. Okay, good. I think that's a good move, too. Yes. Yeah, it's it, it, especially for, you know, PR and, like, social media, which mm -hmm. might, might it's still a little bit kind of not, not so great, but I, I kind of realize how important it is, especially, you know, you look at these drivers, like Oliver Askew, who I, you know, was racing with, I looked at his Instagram and Facebook and said, it's, it was, you know, normal, but then he, he, as soon as he goes into IndyCar, I mean, every single day mm -hmm. he's posting mm -hmm. and doing this and that. So I kind of was like, oh, okay. I mean, this looks like I should probably, you know, get more towards into that as well. You know, to follow on what, what Dave O'Neill and what Bob has said, one of the things, and obviously I've 
being in the media, I've, I've met a lot of young drivers and I think you need to be pushy, um, you know, with the media too, which is make yourself available, uh, have a comment on Formula One like you've done this morning um, and also, you know, be present. And I was really impressed to see how when Indy Lights disappeared during the pandemic and I thought about all you drivers, because taking a year out, you can be forgotten uh, and you can lose your rusty, you know, you can get rusty pretty quick. But you made that smart move, which is to get into the FR series, um, which, you know, wouldn't have been an easy thing to do given that you were on the road to Indy, uh, just to keep, you know, keep your eye in and you did well. And, you know, that must have been an important year uh, during the pandemic to keep things going. Yeah, I mean, you look at drivers like Toby Sowery, he Mm -hmm. was really, really good, ended the Indy lights off, you know, I mean, like putting in podium finishes. And now we come into this new new season and uh, he's a little bit lacking. I mean, I even talked to him and he said, man, I'm just rusty. I haven't done anything in a whole year. And it's really affecting me. And I think for us to make that decision to go to FR, which we only had a two weeks notice after the cancellation to get the car, put our setup on it, and then go to mid-Ohio without any testing, first time in the car and just go and practice. So it was really intense, but I'm really happy we ended up getting it through. I mean, not just for me, but also the team. Um, I think they were really, really happy to just be doing something that year. Uh, so, David, what's what's what race is next in your season? And um what are your expectations there? So next up is Detroit, which is actually going to be really next interesting weekend. because nobody's been there before. So it's going to be ah. an even playing field. You know, nobody's going to have a, a little bit of here or there on the data, and neither will the drivers. So I'm actually really excited to see how we all kind of stack up. Call Oliver Askew or Connor Daly. <laughs> yeah. Because I presume, I presume Oliver's, no, maybe not. I don't know. But you're right. That's going to be very interesting and a great circuit. You'll love Belal. Belal. Really good fun. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find uh, kind of like little bits of data and video and try to get some sim sim into it. But it's uh, I don't know. I've heard from past experience for street races, you don't really want to be doing too much sim work. But yeah, I'm trying to do as, as much as I can to prepare. Well, well, I noticed that the one oval you've got is actually in Illinois. You're from Chicago. Uh, that's going to be uh, another interesting one. But you've got a lot of northern sort of local races, r- roughly to you, including Red America uh, and Mid Ohio. Yeah, we chose a really good spot to live. Everything's kind of just around <laughs> two or three hours of a drive. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, we've done Gateway before and, you know, we ended up with a P3 and I'm really excited for it. It's uh, I'm kind of itching to get back into an oval. I feel like it's been so long. Yeah, well, how much time have you had on ovals? Well, I mean, since last season testing i think we did in memphis i mean like two years back that's the last time i've been on an oval i mean we're leading up you know going before gateway where we'll be doing another one day test somewhere but it's uh i haven't done i mean any oval i mean without the freedom 100 there's been no point to really even test in it so yeah, yeah it's been kind of lacking which i'm really sad <laughs> well you have obviously uh where you are in your career right now with like bob said earlier with being so young and all this really great racing under your belt you you've i feel like you got a really bright future i mean just leading the championship indy lights that's a huge deal in itself and uh you know we just want to wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season and thank you for coming on yeah thank you guys i mean this is awesome i would always love to do this i i always enjoy these um, thank you for the wishes. I mean, I'm going to try my best, stay consistent. I mean, so far it's been really, really good, but I'm happy with wherever we end up. And so far I'm I'm through the moon. So thank you guys. All right, David Malukas, thank, thank you for you. coming on and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, see you. Thanks, David. Bye, bye. All right, gentlemen, we just have a little bit of time left and um, 
Jonathan, there was a couple of stories that you had put in our show document that we wanted to talk about. Speaking of IndyCar, they had the biggest audience in five years, not the biggest crowd in the stands, but the biggest audience yeah. on television. Yes, uh, and I think, you, you know, uh, we were joking about this yesterday. It, you know, it, look at look at the Indy field now. I know Elio won the 500, but look at who is coming to Indy. Alex Pillow, uh, yeah. Pato Award, uh, Alonso's been in and out. Um you know, uh, are we creating, I mean, now Grosjean and now, you know, Magnussen. I mean, are we creating, American racing, that is, uh, a great home when Formula One, as David just pointed out, is not impossible, but very, very hard. It's a, it's a unicorn sport, let's face it. Um, so, you know, are we getting some really, really good talent, given that, that America, you know, has got a bigger grid and more, more chance? Yeah, uh, and I just imagine that, I mean, there's been so much interest in the Indy 500 from the Formula One side. It yep. seems like a lot more than it used to be. But, uh, but guys, I just looked up. We're almost out of time. What do you got, Jonathan? Well, just that Liberty have said outwardly that they don't want to clash with Indy as Bernie used to with want to With the 500, to do. Yeah. right. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Bob Varsha, Dave O'Neill, Jonathan Green. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for, for tuning in, to all those that called in. Thanks to our guest, David Milikas. And, of course, Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and we will talk to you next Sunday. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.